0: The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. Jesus reads this section of scripture, and he says, I tell you the truth, today this scripture has come into its completeness. Jesus came to do all these things. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's brought me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, to open the eyes of the blind, to make those in despair have joy. That's how he frames his ministry. That's how he starts his ministry. He says, This is why I have come. And to really understand that, what we're going to do today is we are going to unpack Isaiah. And this is going to probably be the shortest, briefest, sermon I can give you on what is going on in the book of Isaiah, because once you understand the beginning, the end makes a lot more sense, and why we go out and serve makes a lot more sense. So I think this is going to work on, maybe. I may need you to click for me, Lauren. I didn't, I didn't actually plug in the little thing. I was in charge of the computer today. This is what happens when you put me in charge of things. Everything just kind of falls apart. But um, good to go. Look at that. All right, so understanding the historical context of Isaiah. Isaiah was written to Israel and Judah. They had actually split off into two kingdoms at this point, but these were the people of God. And like the people of God, like our own families, we don't do very well when we're together. And so the people of God said, we'd rather have two countries than one country. Right? They essentially uh, broke off into two states. But they were still Israel. They were still those who wrestle with God. And for a while, things were still going pretty well between both countries. But eventually what happened was they started to take in other gods. They were like, you know what, Egypt's gods, they're kind of cool. And all the Philistines, they've got some good ones. And so they started to collect all these different gods. And beyond that, they started mistreating those who were below them. And so there really was this hierarchy in Israel, both in the north and in the south, that if you had money, you would exploit those beneath you. And this is is not a specific Israel problem. This is not an American problem. This is a people problem. You give us any amount of power and left to our own devices, we start to exploit one another. And so God sent the prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel and he said, Hey, because of this, some stuff's going to happen. And Isaiah breaks down what happens throughout the book. So there's four parts. Part one, Israel's sin. Part two, the consequences of Israel's rebellion. Part three, the promise of a Messiah. And part four, a glimpse of God's ultimate plan, right? And it goes like this. Part one starts off, the book of Isaiah starts off, and Isaiah writes this to Israel. He says, Listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth, for this is what the Lord says. The children I have raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner, and a donkey recognizes its master care, but Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. Oh, what a sinful nation they are, loaded down with a burden of guilt. They are an evil people, corrupt children, who are rejected by the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. Isaiah 1 starts off and says there is a problem with the people who wrestle with God. It says they've rebelled against God. And in the same way that Jesus reduced essentially what God is up to to two things, loving God with everything you have and loving your neighbor as yourself, Israel wasn't doing either of those two things very well. They had forgotten God. They were serving other gods that they thought would trust them. And they weren't taking care of their neighbor. In fact, they were exploiting their neighbor. And so if you read through all the books of the prophets, again and again and again, you see this constant theme. You've forgotten God, and you're oppressing those who are below you, those who are beneath you. And again, what's interesting is the book of Isaiah is really our problem too, right? Because we still wrestle with that. We still trust in other gods. Maybe it's our bank account, maybe it's our job, maybe it's our family, whatever it is. We think this will protect us. This will give us security. This will give us value. And we're not very good at loving our neighbor. And in the book of Isaiah, that rebellion has a consequence, and that's the part two. And so when you go through, essentially, the next 30 chapters of Isaiah, God says, this is the consequence of your rebellion. These choices you have made are going to have some rather harsh, but not permanent consequences. Isaiah 3 says this: "For Jerusalem will stumble, and Judah will fall because they speak against the Lord and refuse to obey Him. They provoke Him to His face, they look on their faces, get their look on the faces, gives them away. They display their sin like the people of Sodom and don't even try to hide it. They are doomed. They have brought destruction upon themselves. All right? Isaiah says, the consequence of rebellion, there is going to be pain here. There's going to be hurt here. And again, we see that in our own lives. Our own worst thinking brings consequences into our lives. It breaks up marriages. It breaks up communities. It affects us at our work. It affects us when we're playing. It affects us at school. There are consequences to sin. There are consequences to getting outside of God's plan. And Isaiah talks about those. But then, part three, there is this promise of a Messiah. God says, don't worry, Israel. Even though it's a broken situation, I will send someone to redeem. I will send a Messiah who's going to start to mend up this broken world. Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He's my chosen one who pleases me, and I have put my spirit upon him. And he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest, weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Says, this Messiah is going to take care of the broken, of the hurting, of those who are too weak to defend themselves. And he will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth and even distant lands beyond the sea, like us in Texas, We'll wait on his instruction. God says, there's a problem. You've rebelled. There's a consequence to that rebellion. But I'm going to send a Messiah, a Savior, a hero, who's going to start putting it back together. And then Isaiah ends with this glimpse of the ultimate plan God is working to. And so the last few chapters of Isaiah starts to paint this picture of a good God recreating a broken world restoring a broken world. And that verse from Isaiah 61, how Jesus starts off his ministry, it gives us a glimpse of what that looks like. It says, again, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, released from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is a reference to the year of Jubilee. In Israel, every seven years, there would be this jubilee that would happen. And it was a time where everyone who had done anything wrong could be forgiven. Grace abounded. Goodness abounded. And the day of the Lord's vengeance for our God to comfort all those who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, In a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair, you get this taste. You get this hint that God is gonna do something really, really good. And what you see is that this restoration is both a promise for a spiritual and a physical restoration, right? We have a spiritual issue in sin that disconnects us from God, that disconnects us from each other. But the promise isn't just for a spiritual renewal. That's why everywhere Jesus goes, people get physically healed, physically fed. God designed the world. He cares about the world. And so he says, I'm going to both mend your soul, I'm going to mend your body, and I'm going to mend the world. And again, I started by saying that Isaiah's story is really our story, right? Because there are times where all of us are in rebellion. Our own worst thinking gets the best of us. And we start to pay the consequence for that rebellion. And that hurt comes in. And all of us need to come before our God and say, I still need a Savior. I still need a Messiah who specializes in broken people. But what's beautiful is that, A, we don't have to wait on that Savior. The people of Israel. In Isaiah, they had to wait hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for this Jesus to come, for this Messiah to come. We already know who he is. He's already shown up. And so we, as a church, get to participate a little bit in that glimpse of what the kingdom of heaven is supposed to look like. That's what Sending Sunday is all about. It's us as a church coming and saying, we want to be a part of what God is doing locally here in Leander, North Austin, and beyond. We're starting a garden because we believe that God created the world. He created the plants in the fields, Genesis 1 says, and he says, and it was good. It would provide sustenance for people. And during our Unleashed a year ago, we found out we had a lot of people who care about gardening. So we said, all right, let's be that. Let's build that. But then today we're doing something a little different with Sending Sundays. We've also got these block parties that are happening. Right In Cedar Park, in Leander, and in Liberty Hill. And why are we doing block parties? Because we want to be good neighbors. We want to teach our members to be good neighbors. We want our church to be known as a place that supports community, that actually believes, when Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, that we provide resources and passion to help people do that. That's what it means when we say we want to be a sent church. Because we believe in Isaiah 61. We believe in the mission of Christ. And we believe, yes, there is a spiritual malady. There's a spiritual hurt that people have. And we have a Messiah who specializes in that. And in the brokenness of a physical world. So I want to end with a time of both confession, absolution, and ascending. I'm going to pray through Isaiah 1, 2, 3, and 61. I'm going to pray through our sin, the consequences, our Savior, and our sending. And then we're going to finish up our worship and we're going to go out and we're going to get our hands dirty. Literally. All right? Pray with me, guys. Heavenly Father, Lord. Isaiah 1 says that your people were in rebellion. Father, often we are in rebellion. Lord, our own sin, our own choices gets in the way of a connection with you. It breaks down our connection with our neighbors, with our family. And so we confess to you now, Lord, that we need a God who saves. Lord, we're feeling the consequences of our sin. We see it when we go online. We see it when we're talking to our neighbor, or we come before you now in honest confession of our hurt and our brokenness. Lord God, but your word also says that you would send your spirit, your son, a Messiah who would come and champion those who are hurting champion those who have been oppressed by sin, Lord. And so we are bold to ask for and believe we have received forgiveness because of the work of Jesus. And yet, Lord, we're not saved just to be washed clean and to sit, but, Lord, we're saved to be sent we're saved to be the hands and feet of your son here on earth. And so we pray a blessing and ask for your provision in the different ways we're going to try to love our community today. Lord, as we build a garden. Lord, as we try to provide life, literally, to our neighborhood and sustenance to our neighbors. Lord, we lift up each of the block parties. Lord, the Hargroves and the Warners and the Van Horns. Lord, that... Those spaces, that time may be a time of celebration, of joy, of celebrating you, just celebrating community. Lord God, we thank you for being a God who specializes in broken people. And we pray that we can be a small part of the solution of what you're doing here in Leander and beyond. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen.